It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. Hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. A new introduction. Thanks to our guy, Mark Miller. As we are uh, up and running, ready to launch on a uh, Tuesday, Patrick Johnson Show, second day of August. Great P-Man here with you. We've got uh, Philip the Ref Pilkington standing by uh, for some uh, update, fun and frivolity. Uh, the, uh, ru- the, uh, the boyishly handsome intern Noah is here. If I had his looks, I'd be in the movies. And uh, we've got uh, Jim Zoki coming up in just a matter of minutes. In fact, uh, we're inside of 20 minutes before we uh, check in with Zoke on the uh, Carolina Panthers uh, training camp. Many uh, things to to get into. We've got our first NFL game uh, this week. Of course, the Deshaun Watson news from yesterday. So lots of things to get uh, Zoke's take on in the NFL and involving uh, the Panthers as well, who continue to have uh, the quarterback battle. They went yesterday uh, with... Uh, Apparently with um, Sam Darnold and uh, Darnold, I guess, looked like Darnold tends to look underwhelming. And uh, Baker Mayfield looked a lot sharper. Uh, Again, anybody who's telling you that this is uh, a competition in the sense that, uh, you know, this is wide open is is just trying to sell you a bill of goods. This is Baker Mayfield's to lose. There's uh, no doubt about that. Uh, so we'll see how that uh, winds up, and we'll get uh, word from Zoke today on how all of that uh, went uh, down in uh, Spartanburg in the upstate. Robbie Anderson, uh, Pilk, did you see this? Uh, Philip the Ref Pilkington is here today, ladies and gentlemen, uh, a uh, diehard Panthers fan. Uh, he he gives us reports from the tailgate uh, scene and does it from his living room in Charlotte, actually. But um, Philip the Ref Pilkington, did you see the Robbie Anderson quote? No, I did not. Okay. I want to get your reaction to this. Anytime you change QBs from a Hall of Famer to a Hall of Famer, it's going to be a little bit of adjustment. That's Robbie Anderson on going from Sam Darnold to Baker Mayfield. I think he was talking about when the Niners went from Joe Montana to Steve Young. Uh, Ben B baby Byram commenting on uh, that on social media, expecting drug test your way soon, Robbie. I'm just not a Robbie Anderson guy on any level on any level, by the way. Um, I think safe to say that, uh, the Padres are all in, right? They're making trades left and right. Uh, and, uh, LA picked up. Uh, a Yankee today. I'm going to let you guys handle all these trades at the bottom of the hour uh, deal because you're staying on top of it. You know, there was an interesting article that was uh, posted. Uh, Bonesville is where I originally saw it uh, posted, and then uh, we posted it uh, before it was hot read material. I mean, like a day or so before. But uh, it was interesting that 
Uh, this, I guess, column by Shane Metlin, the Daily News record up in the uh, Shenandoah Valley, covers JMU. Hints suggest SBC, the Sun Belt, has American in crosshairs. Uh, and we didn't get a chance to get to this yesterday because of all the hoopla and all the other uh, mess we were uh, talking about with uh, Deshaun Watson and uh, that uh, road trip that the boys took this weekend and uh, the, the Ric Flair thing that they covered, and then we had uh, Joe Sloan on. So we, we kind of had a full day yesterday, but we had a little time here before we get to Zoke and some other things uh, that I wanted to kind of hit this a little bit today. It's, you know, and, and it's it's one guy's opinion. Now, he might call it uh, a an opinion based in uh, some facts, but, I mean, I'll, I'll kind of let you decide if you haven't already. So as college football media days roll across the country, Shane Metlin writes, some conference commissioners have made their clear threats aimed at rival leagues. The Sun Belt's Keith Gill didn't do that when he addressed reporters on Tuesday. This is, again, from last week. But there were more subtle references that industry experts privately agree show where Gill and his league is aiming. The Sun Belt is prepared to come after the American Athletic Conference. Gill announced an expanded agreement with ESPN, but his opening address at SBC Media Days lacked specific data on just how many or how much each league school will get paid with the enhanced ESPN media package. Indications at this point suggest this finalizes the agreement to bring the annual payday from the league to around $2 million per school with the addition of James Madison, Old Dominion, Marshall, and Southern Miss by placing more games on ESPN's linear channels, and the schools also save money on production costs. But Gill's speech and the subsequent press release time to go out as he finished did provide a couple of important numbers, 15 and 2031. The Sun Belt might be willing to expand to a 15th school and amend the ESPN deal, or the amended ESPN deal continues to expire in 2031. So they're still locked in under that media agreement. Uh, as you know, the Sun Belt went from 10 football members to 14. They've split into East and West divisions. And they are talking about that they would add a 15th school. And immediate speculation, according to this article, is East Carolina who resides in the AAC but matches the profile of an, of an SBC school in every significant way, uh, Metlin writes. The thing holding the Pirates in the American is the approximately $7 million annual TV deal. Well, hell yes, it is. You're damn right. And so, I mean, you can imagine the – and look, I love our fans, but, you, you know, every fan base has some yahoos. There are people that believe we would be better off going to the, the fun belt, even before they got this whopping $2 million per school. And look, it's nothing. We've talked about the ACC thing, and, and it's just comical to listen to ACC teams bemoan the fact that they are behind the SEC and the Big Ten because they're getting a fraction of, of what those leagues get, and they're still making 30-some-odd million dollars in their media rights deal. Uh, if, if East Carolina had half of that coming to them, uh, Katie barred the door. And the American as a whole, I mean, this is a league that's done a lot more with a lot less at a bigger level than the Sun Belt would ever dream of. 
And I get that there's a desire to, again, by some fans that believe it would make sense geographically to go and, and play in the Sun Belt. And, and look, the football will be, and ha- I think on most years, will be fairly competitive. Yes, geographically, it's a better fit, but we're beyond that in this day and age. And there's, I mean, it would be malpractice for anybody to renege on that $7 million deal, negotiate the buyout to go make $2 million. But see, the Sun Belt and this writer again, Shane Metlin, believes that come 2031, the Sun Belt contract, oh, they're going to have ESPN over the proverbial barrel because it also ends before the ACC, uh, the AAC contract, oh, the ACC for that matter, but before the American contract ends with ESPN. And uh, Melton writes, according to at least one TV sports consultant, by choosing not to push the Sun Belt to extend its current deal for more years, ESPN knowingly gives the Sun Belt the upper hand in a future battle of the Ameri- with the American. Pilk, let's mark this down right now. I don't know if this will be as good as my prediction that the, uh, the Cincinnati Reds were going to be in the wild card this year. But I will, I will predict to you right now uh, if the Sun Belt, there, there's no way on this planet the Sun Belt gets $7 million in their deal in 2031. And if they do, that means the Americans getting an even bigger bump. There's no way on this planet the Sun Belt will ever be raking in more money uh, than the AAC on a TV deal. I, I just, I, I can't see it. I get that there are some representative football programs in there. And they're talking about they're going to be on the linear channel. I mean, you're, you're about to see fun belt action on Wednesday nights, my guess is, or Thursday, or kind of a less desirable night. Because they're not going to surplant some of these major conferences on Saturdays. You'll probably see them maybe some on Fridays and that sort of thing. And look, the TV, it's all going to draw numbers because everybody's football crazy. And they do have, in some of these programs, some pretty good following. But I, I just I can't see that the Sun Belt will have any kind of upper hand over the American, especially with ESPN. Who knows if we'll even have TV by then? Everything we might just might be a virtual reality kind of stuff where we watch our sports. But I, I just I can't see that happening. Plus, they want to go to 15, not 16. Now, there is a little bit of a murmur out there that quite possibly – uh, there's some thinking that they would, well, we'll bring Memphis in. I, I don't know. I think you'd be fortunate to get UAB if that were an option. But I, again, I, I just don't see the Sun Belt ever having the leverage to be in front of the AAC in the TV contract line. Although they believe if they brought East Carolina in, they would. That's kind of a nice, refreshing change of pace. Hey, we'll get uh, an opportunity to we'll get an opportunity to to up our media rights. If we bring the pirates in. You know, everybody else in uh, these big boy conferences have viewed uh, the market and the ECU as a bit of an albatross, bringing nothing to the table. Sunbelt at least feels like they would, or at least that's what Shane Metlin's reporting. Uh, interesting stuff. 
we got it up on our social media if you want to go and, and scroll through it and, and take a look at it. But uh, I again, I just I can't see that as it is right now making any sense financially for the Pirates. Uh, and certainly I can't see anybody in that uh, or that league uh, surpla- surpassing the American right now. I, there's no way. I, I'm saying it here today. No way on earth that'll happen. No way, no how. Not happening. Uh, one of the other things, uh, and we got some time to get to this here uh, really quick, uh, some big news, the world of uh, sports and politics colliding. Uh, Greg Norman appearing on Fox News and uh, said that they offered Tiger Woods a ton of money to golf on the live tour. Uh, let's talk, let's hear that there where, uh, he told, I guess, Tucker Carlson, did Greg Norman, of course, Greg Norman is acting as the man who runs the live tour, but they offered, uh, tiger, uh, more money than anybody could ever imagine, which of course Woods turned down, play the cut. So you keep reading that you offered Tiger Woods seven, eight hundred billion dollars, some mm-hmm. unknown number to join live. Is that true? That number was out there before I became CEO. So that number's been out there, yes. Yeah. And look, Tiger's a needle mover, right? Yeah. So, of course, you got to look at the best of the best, you know? So um, they had originally approached Tiger before I became CEO. So, yes, that number is somewhere in that neighborhood. Wow. And look, Tiger Woods, his power over the PGA, and he doesn't need the money. I mean, let's be be honest. I mean, that's a that's that's money that would set up generations upon generations. But it, Tiger doesn't need the money. Some other guys need the money. We're going to have Brian Mull on tomorrow. We'll talk about this, of course, uh, the Greensboro event, the Wyndham taking place. HV3 back in the home state will play uh, in Greensboro this weekend. So we'll preview that as well, the final uh, day of the uh, regular season. I just found that completely fascinating, though. Uh, Norman basically not denying it. Uh, got time here, so Greg Norman says they were ready to start back in February with Live Golf. Well, the revenue will come in once we launch the league, right? This year is a startup. Yes. Right? Because, quite honestly, back in February when we were ready to start up, there was a few obstacles thrown in our way from the PGA Tour. And so we had to pull out reins back a little bit. For our viewers who aren't following it, can you give us a sense of those obstacles? Well, that's when the book came out about Phil Mickelson. There was some, Phil Mickelson made some not so complimentary remarks about um, the Saudi, Saudi, where the money came from and Saudi Arabia, and then the snowballs and it created a bit of a dominoes or a scary effect, and the PGA Tour came in, and they obviously did the right thing and trying to protect their monopoly, came in and the, the players backed off a little bit. So we had to regroup. We're ready to sign the next week. We're ready to sign multiple players and launch the league. And inevitably they did. Um, there is some kind of talk that, I mean, this is it for some guys and some name guys and guys that have won on the tour this week that aren't going to aren't going to make the playoff and, and subsequently are going to have to do some things to earn their tour card. Now, certain guys have exemptions and that sort of thing. But if you're a guy that's uh, 30 or older right now and you see all these young, uh, amazingly talented golfers that have come out the last two or three years, 
uh, that are winning, your days of winning on the on the tour and maybe even making the playoffs are, are kind of over. And here's the thing: I think Liv is is not maybe as free, lucid free at the the checkbook right now. And I don't think that has anything to do with a financial issue. I just think they're trying to keep it within that number of forty eight. More on that tomorrow. I just that's an astonishing amount of money: seven hundred to eight hundred million dollars, almost a billion dollars. And so I, I did talk to somebody about this today, and I did, I did say, well, you know, you know, Tiger, it would have been interesting had he countered and said a billion dollars and, you know, whatever else. But Tiger's not even going to play 12 events, and, and that's the big thing about Liv. They want the players in those 12 events at least. And uh, I, I think you'll be hard-pressed to see Tiger Woods play 12 events over the next two years. You know, his caddy was on Dan Patrick. I, obviously, he'll play with his son. Uh, he'll play his event down in the uh, in the, Car- in the Caribbean. But, uh, you know, and he may not even play all four majors in a year now. So certainly the 12 dates, even that few a number would have been a sticking point with uh, – the big cat. All right, uh, break time. We'll come back. When we return, we'll uh, head down to uh, telephonically the upstate of South Carolina and uh, Wofford College. Get an idea of what's going on with uh, the Panthers camp. Uh, our first check-in of the NFL season with uh, Jim Zoki from the Panthers Radio Network. And when we uh, come back later in the show... We'll have a rundown of uh, the high school football starting yesterday. That'll be after 5.30. But Zoki is next here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Eastern North Carolina's home for the Adam Gold Show. Come on in. Weekdays at noon, right here on Eastern Carolina's home for sports. I love sports. And the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Tweet at us. Hey, you want to see our tweets? That's creeping me out. Follow us on Twitter for breaking sports news and what's going on around the Pirate Nation. We need you guys on Twitter. Twitter. It's 943 The Game on Twitter. All right, uh, Jim Zoki will be joining us uh, during the uh, season. Uh, I think uh, midweek, you know, uh, we welcome in the incomparable, the one and only friend of the show, Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Um, wisecracking analyst and uh, pre-half and post-host Jim Zoki. Back to the Patrick Johnson Show. Where are you right now, Zoak? I'm going to take wisecrack in the best possible way, first of all. I am, well, no, it's uh, meant as a compliment. Back home it's meant as a compliment. After traveling back from, from Spartanburg, yes. So did you leave this morning to get back from Spartanburg? I woke up at 4. I did a local couple morning shows here in Charlotte. Drove down to Spartanburg. Took in practice. Took in the uh, post-practice interviews. Came back. Chopped up some audio. Uh, ate some popcorn, and I'm talking to Patrick Johnson. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, isn't the traffic rotten going from Charlotte to, to Spartanburg? I caught a big break today. I can't explain it. Yesterday, I had traffic both ways. 
And I even used the Waze app. It still sent me right into the traffic on the way back, by the way, yesterday. And that got me around it after I got into it. But then it, today, yeah. I checked on the Waze app to see, try avoid I-85 today? Because the construction barriers don't leave. They're always there. But for mm-hmm. whatever reason, both driving down and driving back, I-85 was not delayed by said construction barriers that remain in place. So it was, it was a good day today. Ah, there you go. At Jim Zoki on Twitter, uh, WBT Radio Hall of Famer. Jim Zoki on the Patrick Johnson show. I so we it, it's been decided. I guess we're going to have you midweek this year. You know why we're going to have you on Wednesdays, don't you? You know why we're bringing you on Wednesdays on the Patrick Johnson show. You you're aware of this, aren't you? You're too busy on Mondays to speak to me. No, when we have an opportunity to talk with um, you about injuries, you'll be able to update us because Wednesday is injury day in the NFL. Uh, okay, so this is about your fantasy football team. I got you now. Uh-huh, exactly. All right, uh, the big question, Zoke, going on right now uh, is uh, the the quarterback, air quotes, battle. Uh, and uh, how do the quarterbacks look today? I guess, uh, I guess you know, the consensus kind of was that Baker Mayfield looked a little better yesterday than uh, Sam Darnold did. Sam Darnold kind of looked like Sam Darnold. Uh, anything today that uh, stood out? as far as uh, what you saw? I think, you know, Baker was part of probably easily uh, the best play of training camp, whatever that's worth, for being, what are we, six practices in now, was a mm-hmm. uh, 50-yard uh, toss that Robbie Anderson laid out for in the end zone and uh, was a practice touchdown, uh, but it was a nice deep throw. And this is the kind of thing, like, we, we expect the guys are going to, you know, once they're fully acclimated, to make the checkdowns and make the intermediate throws and stuff like that. But I think what we've been craving is can we take the top off a of defense uh, and, and with accuracy. I mean, they, they both have the arm strength and hit the target. And uh, it was a nice throw to Robbie Anderson. Again, he had to lay out a little bit for but Robbie used his speed, looked fast on it, beat the defense, and uh, and that was the play of the day. So I thought you know, Baker looked uh, really good. And I think, you know, comes in, obviously, at a disadvantage of having not been here for any of the spring football. Uh, Sam's been here for all of that, plus all of last season. So even with the changes that were made with the team, he's still with his teammates and with the organization that he was with last year. So I think, you know, Baker, for kind of drinking the playbook through a fire hose, uh, has done a good job of uh, taking in as much as he can and and learning it and uh, seems to be checking all the boxes so far. Jim Zoki uh, with us here on the Patrick Johnson uh, Show. It's great to have uh, Zoke uh, with us here. Uh, let's see. Robbie Anderson, according to CBS Sports, Anytime you change QBs from Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer, it's going to be a little bit of an adjustment. Was he on something when he said this, or, or what? Wait, that, that was somebody. That was another receiver, I think, that said that. I think that might have been Devontae Adams, and then it was attributed <laughs> in a, a meme. What to uh, Robbie Anderson? Well, even if the other guy said it, what uh, child? Please, come on. I mean, who knows what may happen? <laughs> but I mean, you got to be kidding, right? You could use that one, too, on one of the broadcasts as your child, please. Feel free to use that's it. Fantastic. That's, uh-huh. that's fantastic. I hope I never have to break glass and, and use that in case of emergency, but it's good to know <laughs> that it's there uh, yeah. if needed. But no, I don't think right. that was exactly a Robbie Anderson quote. It was Devontae Adams or somebody else who actually was going from Hall of Famer to Hall of Fame quarterback. Okay. Well, I'm just I'm telling you what 
I'm telling you what's out there on the interwebs. I'm just, I'm just I telling you, you that. you got like onioned or something there. I think you. Oh, you, you wait a minute. It says CBS Sports. It came from CBS or it came from somebody uh, attributing it to CBS Sports. <laughs> sure. Was it like CSB Sports or something? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like that, uh, that fake PGA Tour Twitter account where Tour is spelt like T. Like U O R. Maybe no C. Yes. Maybe it was just it was just BS Sports. There was no yes, C. Yes, it may have been BS Sports. Yes. Yeah, it may have been. This is why Jim always appears on the Patrick Johnson show. We dig down deep. We're really we check. We're triple checking our sources. Uh, here. I'm here to clean um, up the messes. Yes, that's what I'm here for. Well, more or less, more or less, you are. All right. Anybody else stand out on the first day of full pads? Yeah, so this is, uh, you know, both days of this week so far, full pads, and uh, so today and yesterday, and we'll do it again tomorrow, and. Uh, yeah, it gets a little bit more physical. The guy that keeps, I mean, it's like daily attention, and it goes back to spring football, is uh, the talk is C.J. Henderson, uh, the corner that they brought in from Jacksonville in season mm-hmm. last year, was a top-ten pick by the Jaguars, and really didn't show much of anything last year when the Panthers brought him in. But apparently had you know, a shoulder issue that we knew about, but had off-season shoulder surgery on that. And apparently the, the, the switch has been flipped, and uh, he's playing well, and the uh, coach is excited about him, Shaq Thompson. Had uh, been raving about him in spring football. Uh, his teammates uh, all agree with him. So sounds like a, a fast guy and uh, starting to look like the guy that was a top ten pick for a reason. So that's good news um, as far as a guy that's kind of emerging and and showing something uh, at a time that's needed there. And I would say the secondary is a position group. By the way, once J.C. Horn is healthy with Dante mm-hmm. Jackson at a corner. Uh, the safeties bringing in Xavier Woods, the veteran, and Jeremy Chin back another year. I mean, the, the, the defensive secondary is going to be by far, I think, the best overall position group and loaded there. So that's a, that's a good sign. Well, with Horn, uh, Jim Zoki, by the way, Panthers Radio Network with us. With uh, Horn as that kind of uh, nickel um, uh, corner right now, do you see that uh, maybe changing in some way or morphing throughout the season? You know, first of all, you have to have all three healthy for that to occur. So if everyone's healthy as far as Dante, CJ, and JC, that's what Coach Rule said would be the, the go-to lineup. Um, and again, you never want to be the same and be predictable all the time. So could change. But I think the reason they like him in the slot in that situation is he's bulky enough that he could be a good run defender and, and be up and play up in the box and then still do press coverage as a defensive back and pass coverage out of that. So he does kind of, uh, in today's NFL, kind of – check a lot of boxes that would be needed to be multiple as far as the, the run game tackling and still be able to do press coverage there. So I think that's why he kind of fits that bill. Yeah. Uh, Jim Zoki is uh, on the line with us uh, here. Uh, he is uh, joining us from uh, the Queen City of Charlotte as he was in uh, Wofford College today for the Panthers uh, uh, preseason practice number six. Uh, it is a live one. Doing live. We're doing it live with Jim Zoki here. Right now, you could use that one too if you. I'm want glad to. you told me that. I'm so used to just saying whatever I want and then starting over. So it's live. Well, gotcha. Oh, will you stop? All right. So uh, I let knew, me ask I you this: live. I knew it the whole time. Who do you see as a possibility being added to the defensive line uh, prior to the season? Is there anybody out there you could see this team getting, or do you think they'll make a move? Maybe somebody who is already who's currently on another roster who might come free. Who knows? <laughs> I, I think probably at this point the most likely scenario is. You know, they just that one roster cut down at the end is to wait for the roster cuts and then mm-hmm. plug and play a veteran that uh, you, you borrow for five months on a one-year deal to be an edge rusher in rotation. Uh, they wanted to get in their defensive tackle. And Dominican Sue is sitting at home, but he would yeah. be uh, someone that they would not bring in here. So I'm interested to actually <laughs> see where Dominican ends up. 
but uh, yeah, I think probably you know, we saw Carlos Dunlap sign with Kansas City a couple days ago. They had interest in him. I think at this point, not a lot intriguing uh, as far as like what they would actually want uh, rotationally, and to get a longer look at Yitor Grossmatos and see his development in year three as the complement to Brian Burns on the other side. So I, my guess is, barring an injury where they're forced to move that timetable up, they'll probably go to the final roster cuts and bring in probably multiple players, uh, as they do so often, right before uh, the regular season begins. You get that gap after the last preseason game and the start of the regular season of about a week and a half, and I think that's how they'll probably eventually add to the roster. Few more minutes here with Jim Zoki, uh, Panthers Radio Network. When does the first Panther talk hit the airwaves? Is it next week? Next Monday. Next Monday okay. at some of these same radio stations. Uh, Zo, you'll hear that on our sister station, one zero three seven. The new talk, or talk one zero three seven WTIB. Uh, next uh, next week, I think at uh, seven. Yeah, seven o'clock uh, will be uh, the year time. That sounds like a great show. Yeah, it, well, it should be fun. Uh, is is anybody emerging as the number two running back right now, Jim? Yeah, I think you know Dante Foreman's going to be that guy, and uh, I think you know if you go back two seasons ago when Mike Davis was here, that thumper running back that could you know pick up uh, the short yardage in particular and you know swing pass out of the backfield. Uh, I think that that was kind of missing last year when McCaffrey got hurt, and that Chuba Hubbard more replicates Christian McCaffrey, but not. Even though Christian Smaller in stature, we all know he's a good blocker and uh, he's able to fight through tackles because of his strength. You know, Chuba more of a track guy. So at this, I think, addition of uh, Deontay Foreman, you know, gives him a complimentary, uh, more punishing running back. So you'll still see Chuba, obviously, uh, but with a healthy Christian McCaffrey, obviously, by far, as we know, no matter what they say, the bulk of the work will go to Christian McCaffrey. Everybody's in a contract year this year. So that's going to happen. <laughs> and then I think Deontay Foreman will be the compliment that kind of gives you that thumper. Yeah, uh, Jim. A couple of NFL uh, things to ask you about. Let me um, let me uh, ask you a little bit about uh, you know this game coming up on uh, Thursday. You'll be watching, I'm sure, every second the Hall of Fame game. Uh, Raiders <laughs> and Jaguars. I saw. I read this morning where the Jags are right now thinking they're going to start three rookies, but it seems like Jacksonville has a plan now, much more than what they've had at any time in recent years. It's certainly much more than what they had last year. But, I mean, is that the sense? Is that Jacksonville right now has at least a plan? Yes, I would say so. And I hate to say this. I, I said it in the moment to anybody who listened. I'm an Ohio State guy. Is like, I never understood. The Urban Meyer thing is I never understand hiring a coach for what was perceived at that time to be their marquee value. I mean, you'd much rather have a coordinator that most people don't know who can coach football and uh, has uh, fought his way up the NFL ranks to become a head coach, be your guy. And so to me, that was just a mistake. I had no idea it would go as sideways as it did uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars last year. But uh, thankfully, they moved up, and now they can all move on with their lives and, and figure out what they're going to do with it. And, you know, we'll get to see what, you know, Lawrence can really do out of Clemson and with some real coaching here. You know, Doug Peterson is a, is a quarterback coach, obviously, former player in this league at that position, taking the Eagles to uh, – a championship, and uh, at that time doing it with Nick Bowles off the bench in relief of Carson Wentz's injury during that season. So I think uh, you know, it's like a grown-up in the room uh, with a quarterback that's going to have a lot more around him, a healthy Travis Etienne out of Clemson, uh, which yeah. he also didn't have last year. So I think there's a lot to like about, uh, at least, again, in terms of improvement, being better, being relevant, as Ron Rivera used to say, I think Jacksonville will, will probably at least double their win total to at least six this year. 
Raiders, a playoff team, made some significant additions in the offseason, and it looks like they're kind of going all in uh, this year, it seems. Yeah, I think so, too. And, you know, they've always had good skill position players. And, uh, you know, Derek Carr had a bounce back year last year, so that was mm-hmm. that was important for him. Because I, I, I viewed him as being a good quarterback who I think people just expect too much of. I mean, he wasn't like a top-ten pick. It's the guy that went in the second round. But, when you, again, when you add Devontae Adams to that group there, I mean, that's good. Immediately you add, to me, the best receiver in the NFL. Anytime Josh Jacobs is healthy, if he can stay healthy, will be a huge help to Derek Carr. I think Hunter Renfro probably one of the more – underrated receivers in this league, speaking of Clemson guys. And Darren yeah. Waller, mm-hmm. uh, one of the, the great tight ends, is probably only like five in the league that really statistically do a lot. And Darren Waller is one of those guys very healthy. Really, an interesting guy that emerged last year was in the middle of the defense with Denzel Perryman, who the Panthers had. And he got that speeding ticket on the first day down to training camp in Spartanburg. And, and like a week or two later, they just didn't feel like they liked what was happening with him. Release him. He goes to the Raiders and goes out to have a Pro Bowl season uh, with well over 100 tackles yeah. last year. So it was an yeah. interesting couple of months last year for Denzel Perryman. Do you think Josh McDaniel's system meshes with Carr? I mean, you know, because he's coached young Brady, old Brady, Mac Jones, mm-hmm. Cam Newton, even where there was, you know, mixed in with some uh, designed runs. I mean, Carr, you know, decent enough decision maker, I suppose, short to intermediate kind of guy uh, do you see this marriage working yeah and you know josh mcdaniels this is you know his second go around with you know being a coach at that level uh, did it with denver and uh i remember they got out to a great start i watched they started out like six and hours something and the wheels fell off in denver when he was the head coach there and ended up going back to new england as a coordinator but i think you know he's learned from that and i think you know you always do two things you, you have what you like to do but you're always adaptable to the talent that you have and, you know, college is a little bit different. You can recruit people and, and really, you know, if you're a major program and, and really, you know, pick spots and pick types and stuff like that. And the NFL, a lot of times, you're handed things. And so I, I think he's been in the league for so long now. I think McDaniels has worked with a lot of different quarterbacks that he named in New England and Denver that uh, I think they'll absolutely, you know, find a happy spot. And, uh, again, I think to me, Carr, is he a top five, top ten quarterback? No, but I, I think he's in the top probably half. He's probably in the top 16 or so. And I think with that, you, know, you can make that work, and I think they'll they'll have a, a good combination with those two there. Yeah. Hey, uh, obviously the big news yesterday was uh, the decision by, I guess, the third-party uh, arbiter, if you will, uh, with uh, Deshaun Watson. You know, uh, do you see that staying at six games? I mean, obviously Goodell has a little bit of leeway there to, to maybe do what he, he, he wants with that, uh, but I don't see the league appealing it. Um, it's interesting that you know, the, the Players Association felt like uh, Goodell shouldn't be the judge, jury, and executioner on this. Uh, but it's it's interesting to me. I, I, I don't see the, the league um, doing anything as far as uh, appealing this. What, what do you believe? I don't, and I, here's why. I think because then it drags into weeks and months and into the regular season and this uh, ugly story. And again, I'm talking from not what's right or wrong. I'm talking from an NFL perspective. Right. Right. They're going to let it go because they want this story to go away and have, in their view, a clean start to the season. It's a marquee player uh, with a team that uh, is, is sent a record-setting contract for him to come play. Uh, I think you know they want it to, to get off of the headlines. Uh, so I don't see for those reasons. I'm not talking anything legal. Who was yeah. done wrong? I'm just talking from a league marketing right. standpoint. 
yeah. I was a little bit surprised uh, by the six game suspension. Um, but what I, what little I know about the law and why the NFL will react the way they is, uh, they have for what I think is happening here. They said if they gave a one game suspension, there absolutely would have been an appeal by the NFLPA. It would have dragged into the season. I think they, they kind of resolved it to be something that was, you know, manageable uh, from Deshaun Watson and his people's standpoint, from the players' association standpoint, to just get it done and get it behind them. And six was a number that would make it go away, and they'll take their Twitter and social media beating for a few months, and then something else will happen somewhere else, and people will talk about that. So I, I think that's just why it resolved the way that it did and why it wasn't more of a severe penalty than what it turned out to be. All right, uh, Zoke, we appreciate it. Uh, if we don't catch you next week, we'll catch you shortly thereafter. But thanks a lot for the time. Always great to be on the Patrick Johnson Show and uh, look forward to the next time with you guys. All right, thank you, Zoke. There he goes, the great Jim Zoki. All right, uh, let us go now to our uh, – uh, update booth where uh, the one and only uh, Noah is standing by. He's got a uh, look at the uh, goings-on around Pirate Nation and beyond. A lot of baseball trades to run through. Uh, and uh, Noah will have our 94-3 The Game Sports update. After that, uh, we'll have a quick rundown of uh, sound from uh, high school football coaches uh, from yesterday as the uh, high school ranks getting things going, plus a couple of other news and notes on this uh, Tuesday Patrick Johnson show. Right now, a sports flash update here on the flagship of the Pirates. What's up? It's Noah Walker here with your 94.3 The Game sports update. Some big moves are happening in Major League Baseball today. Nationals outfielder Juan Soto and first baseman Josh Bell are being traded to the Padres for six San Diego ballplayers. Among those six are left-handed pitcher Mackenzie Gore, who attended Whiteville High School and committed to ECU before ultimately getting drafted and going to the league. Eric Hosmer has been traded to the Red Sox from the Padres. Hosmer was supposed to be a part of the Soto deal, but exercised his no-trade clause to prevent being traded to Washington. Details of the trade have not yet been announced. The NFL has stripped Miami of their first-round pick in the 2023 draft and their third-round pick in 2024. This comes after the Dolphins had three violations of the anti-tampering policy after they tampered with players and coaches from other teams, as well as lost, as well as lost games on purpose to improve draft, pro- draft prospects. Dolphins owner Stephen Ross has been fined $1.5 million and is suspended from participating in team events and operations until October 17th. Broncos wide receiver, t- wide receiver Tim Patrick and running back Demaria Crockett were both carted off the field after suffering apparent knee injuries at training camp today. Formula One racer Lewis Hamilton has also bought into the ownership of the Broncos. The number two basketball prospect in 2023 high school graduating class, Kwame Evans, has committed to Oregon over Arizona, Auburn, and Kentucky. This spring semester, Evans played for Team Durant and averaged 10.3 points and 6.1 rebounds in 24 games. That's all for the update. We'll be back with Patrick and the high school football roundup after this. And now, back to the P-Man, the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Well, the high school football season uh, is just a few weeks away. They started practices yesterday and uh, kind of a tour the area, courtesy of our friends at Nine on Your Side and our guy Gully at uh, Channel 7. Uh, they uh, talked to some of the area coaches. Let's start with uh, Nate Connor 
of D.H. Conley. Uh, they had about 100 show up yesterday uh, for their uh, opening day of their preseason camp. And uh, Nate says uh, this is a great time of the year. Hey, we know every day is a day closer to full contact pads. Next week we start some scrimmages. And look, we, we blink and we're going to be at Thanksgiving. It's the time of year. Nick Hamilton was after Winston-Salem State. Now it's, a, now it's a new era. And Jason Herring, who's done a great job, what we're focused on. The Conley rival in the Crosstown Throwdown is, of course, the uh, Rampants of J.H. Rose. You can hear the Rampants here this season on 94-3 the game. And uh, Rose is uh, a team that has those lofty championship expectations. Got to the title game last year in 3A, and the Rampants uh, came up short. And Will Bland is their coach. They'll have to replace Michael Allen and uh, a senior-laden team last year. Uh, but Coach Bland says this group of Rampants is young and talented. We got to do it by committee, and we got some great kids that came in um, from different schools. Got um, some little bit, um, some traffic kids that came in from different ones. So I'm very excited. I mean, like the whole summer, all you can think about is that last game that you played. And unfortunately, it was a loss for us. So um, the kids' mindset have been great. They've been out here willing to work. A member of the Big Carolina 3A, 4A expected to compete for the league crown this year. The Newburn Bears, often a thorn in uh, Rose's side and vice versa. Uh, particularly though uh, the Bears historically over the last uh, decade or so have gotten the better of the Rampants. But uh, Tori Nile is their head coach. He talks about the 2022 edition of New Bern. Offensive line and our running backs. Um, we're a senior-led team this year, so we've got a lot of experience coming back on the field. Heck, our whole conference is really good, so I guess it's going to be a crapshoot between everybody. So we expected that to be tough this year. In Little Washington, uh, Perry Owens lost a couple of uh, big-time All-State uh, teams, but the uh, Pampac head coach says he likes the underdog role. We're excited. Um, I think a lot of people are going to have us falling off the face of a cliff because we lost two All-State players, and they're great players. And I like the, the underdog role a lot better than I like the preseason favorite role. So uh, we're excited to, to hopefully prove some people wrong. Back to Pitt County now, where uh, Nine on Your Side caught up with uh, – C.J. Wilson, ECU football alum, Super Bowl champ with the Green Bay Packers, and after a year on the staff with North Pitt last season and the Panthers getting to the playoffs, he's taken over as the head coach north of the river. Oh, it feels great. You know, I, this is, uh, I love it, you know, uh, North Pitt, and I, you know, thank uh, Mr. Harris for uh, allowing me to coach his uh, high school team. and. I, I look forward to a great year. I love being at home. You know, my parents could come up and see me play, you know, not too far from where I grew up. You know, Northside Panthers, but this is uh, North Pitt Panthers. So now I'm all about the Panthers at North Pitt. So I'm excited for this year. To Littlefield. I was texting earlier with uh, Todd Light, head coach of Aiden Grifton, and the Chargers uh, hoping to have a JV team this year. Their numbers were pretty good. They've had about 50 uh, out for workouts in the offseason. Had in the upper 40s yesterday for the uh, first day of fall camp. And uh, Coach Leip's team last year uh, beleaguered by COVID issues. Uh, he is looking forward to a fresh start this season. We have a, uh, the, a solid offensive line really for the first time that's not going to be going a lot of both ways. So, uh, And we have a, a good combination of three or four defensive end tight end guys that we like. And uh, uh, Fairly good skill. To JP2, where Sean Murphy had uh, out on night one of uh, the preseason. 
uh, 43 out, and they have played has JP2 for the state title in the 2020 season and the 2021 season. And uh, Coach Murphy says they've got a nice blend of uh, experience and newcomers to the JP2 program. Um, you know, our, our veteran guys uh, kind of picked up where they left off. They looked pretty good. Our younger guys were just trying to get them into a stance, uh, kind of show them the basics. Some of them haven't played. So there's a real uh, contrast between the two. The, the older guys really know what they're doing. The younger guys are just trying to figure it out. And to wrap it up, it was South Central. They were actually first on the field in the area yesterday. Uh, got out there at 8 o'clock in the morning. Kendrick Parker is their new head coach, and he's excited to be leading the Falcons as they try to establish some consistency. Say, well, I'm really excited for the opportunity to be head coach here at South Central. Uh, it's a dream, always a dream come true. We come back home and be the head coach. We want a maximum effort for all of our, all of our players. Uh, the guys flying around, paying close attention to detail, trying to go one no, not just on in game day, but also in practice. That is uh, our roundup. Thanks to Nine on Your Side Sports and our guy Gully from Channel Seven. Uh, we will take a break. We will come back and we will wrap up the Patrick Johnson show after this timeout. A little bit of uh, sad news uh, from Mitzi Bird, who, of course, is Parker Bird's mother. He was the uh, ECU uh, incoming baseball freshman, the All-State performer out of uh, the Lorenberg area who had that terrible accident in uh, Bath a few weekends ago and uh, has had to have multiple surgeries. He's had a setback, and because of the medicines he's on, he'll have to go to the ICU. Uh, but uh, they do feel like they have been able to to get to what was causing some constriction in his right foot, which uh, the right leg, you know, if you're reading the updates, continues to be kind of a point of, of concern. So uh, prayers, thoughts, good vibes, all of it uh, the way of Parker Bird. And we wish the family uh, well as he continues to convalesce at uh, ECU Health in Greenville. On a much brighter note, our pals at Big Game Boomer ranking the 2022 College Town Tiers. Tier 1 included UNC, Chapel Hill. What? Uh, tier 2, the Pirates were in there. So Greenville in there with Boone, Charlottesville, Virginia, West Virginia, New Orleans, Tulane, Tallahassee, Boise State. Interesting. Uh, we've retweeted and have some fun with that. Uh, tomorrow, Brian Mull will be on. We'll uh, preview the Wyndham Championship final stop on the PGA Tour regular season. They'll be playing it in Greensboro, the old GGO. So, Mull tomorrow, uh, thanks to Jim Zoki today. Great job by Noah. Great job by Pilk. And uh, we'll catch you tomorrow for the Patrick Johnson Show. Alex Hesse was hit by an IED in Afghanistan. I was playing man in foot patrol, and I stopped on the bomb. Lost my legs and my left hand in an explosion. And he suffered a severe traumatic brain injury. Yes. As America's veterans.